0: Blob Talk Radio.
1: In much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay and Dre. Yeah, y'all know what time it is. It is time for In Much Less detail the podcast. Here with you live on a Wednesday night, September the 12th, 2018. I'm Dre. He's Jay. We were delayed getting our week one recap show going here live. I uh, had some issues on the home front. The wife had some health issues, but she's back home, everything's all good, and we are on the air ready to discuss what happened last week, the first weekend of NFL football that actually mattered, that actually counted, and it was, as, as we figured, chock full of surprises and activities and, and jumping to conclusions and, and, oh my God, what's wrong with this team? And, oh my God, this team is going to go 16-0. and 0. We, we had all of that. Uh, we had our first tie in week one in ages. Uh, Jay, what uh, I, I think I know what stood out first and foremost in your mind. is probably the same thing that stood out first and foremost in my mind, considering uh, where we come from as far as our uh, NFL loyalties go.
0: Well, yeah, and that would probably be the game result that was the most you – know, that we're probably going to end up talking about the most here on the show. But overall, my week one impression was that we basically didn't watch week one. We watched week five of preseason football. It was it was some of it was hard to watch. Um, so you're, you see a lot of teams that were coming out that didn't play their starters. And, and it really showed. I mean, you could you could just tell, you know, we talked about it a little bit in that Thursday night game that everything for a lot of these teams just looked off by a little bit. And wouldn't you know it? You had a lot of guys coming out who did not play much or at all in the preseason. And we had a lot of injuries, but we always have a lot of injuries, but we had big name injuries um, that were, were they conditioning? You know, we saw, and we, we saw a lot of cramping in that Thursday night game. A lot of guys who just weren't ready for the speed of the game and playing all four quarters. Um, the, the big story for me, it wasn't even a game result. It was the game changing penalties and drive, you know, continuing penalties with this laying on the quarterback rule and, and I mean th- there were a couple of them that I saw that were legitimate, like yeah that that guy had had no business, you know continuing on after and you know basically just driving the guy into the turf i I, I get it, I get what they're trying to go after here. There were some of them where it was just the whole momentum, where dudes were pushed. Like there were a couple of them where guys were literally just pushed into the quarterback, and the guy had no choice but to just kind of like, oh, you know, here I am, and uh, slide across. Or, or one guy landed on the quarterback kind of like at a, at a sideways angle. And, and we saw a lot of these penalties on on third downs, on fourth downs, you know, continued drives, sort of saved drives. Uh, that that to me really stood out. I want to say there were 14 or 15 roughing the quarterback calls this weekend, uh, the most in years, uh, probably since the last time that they had a you know watch out for the quarterback point of emphasis. Um, we're, we're, you know we, at least we've gotten away from the, the 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 fingertips lightly grazing the helmet penalties. You know when, when the fingertips. Those are still going to come, but the uh, the laying on the quarterback ones just that that's what stood out to me, especially because you know I was I was, a, I was red zoning it up while you were in the middle of I believe a seven and a half hour game. Oh were, they least, were, were they at least were they at least that's a record too? First time we've it ever is. had that. First time we've ever had a seven and a half hour football game. Um, and again, how do you, how do you take anything away other than that there was a result of that game? You know, how do you take anything away from teams coming on and off the field uh, that many times with all these long stretches in between? Um, I, I don't think you really, you know, end up watching or if you ended up watching that, you know, the the continuing and then the, the delay and then the recontinuing of the game. How, you know, there's that you want to talk about a game that you just completely just like throw away. Uh, that one, I, I don't even think registers for me as far as game results go because that's just not fair uh, to the teams. I mean, they had such a long delay, they didn't even play a halftime.
1: They, they were, I just heard today that they had their uh, post-game meal during the second wait. They they
0: actually ate a post <laughs> spread. Yeah, you're eating your spread
1: while you know, waiting to go finish the game.
0: game. Yeah, so Yeah, I wanted to get a little bit of that out of the way. Anything before we obviously jump in to to what I know you want to talk about it? Anything that you wanted to kind of get out of the way (laughs) before we get into that? Because there's a lot to dissect there.
1: You ate up one of my points uh, that I had written down. I actually had the words written down. A lot of preseason ball in week one. It sure did look like a lot of uh, exhibition football out there. And you kind of called that uh, in our preview shows that it looked like we were going to get a lot of teams out there that had, that obviously had not been practicing that much, obviously looked like that they needed a little more time to gel and, and get together on the same page with their guys. And that's what it looked like. A lot of teams surprised me by how well they came out how cohesive they came out. But a lot of teams actually really did, like you said, look like they came out and had not played with their teammates in months and months and months.
0: Yeah, and, and and this is just the way it's going to be from now on.
1: It's the new normal.
0: This is this this is what it is. We're never we're not going to get away from this. So we're going to get a whole lot of uh, overreaction theater this week. You know, for 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 teams that that look dominant or teams that that had really bad weeks, and you're going to get every you know, oh man, it's going to be the opposite end of the spectrum. What's wrong with so and so? Yeah, I, I get that but uh, I think the game that you are referencing here that you want to really kind of like sink into would be that Chicago Green Bay game on Sunday night, a game that we found ourselves live tweeting, basically.
1: Right. Uh, our, our guy, uh, Renard from yeah. football fan rush radio uh, that was on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago. He was uh, getting us uh, all in, in, in our mentions, and and it's not something that either one of us is used to because I don't know how many followers yep. you have. I think I have like 14.
0: I don't uh, know so, if I have any.
1: So, normally people don't really care to subtweet us or include us in their tweets. But Renard was uh, all up for that game, the big Bears fan that he is. And he was, a, you know, it's Bears Packers, it's the biggest rivalry, blah, blah, blah. And primetime action, the whole nation seeing it. It's the debut of a new coach for the Bears, the debut of their new big defensive acquisition. And Aaron Rodgers returning back from injury. So all the storylines were in place, and then the game starts unfolding. And if you are a Bears fan, you were witnessing the, like, the greatest first half of football you could possibly hope for. There, nothing, was, nothing could possibly have gone better then what that first half looked like when you talk about the new coach, Matt Nagy and his quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, looking like they were on the same page. That's one of the uh, leaders right there in coaches that held out their players from uh, any kind of uh, significant or substantial preseason action. And yet they, you could tell that they really did do a lot of practicing and they really did work on a lot of stuff because uh, Trubisky came out running that offense, looking like he had been running it for a few years and it looked really, looked really well. It looked smooth. It didn't look, you know, it wasn't perfect. There were obviously some spots where, you know, you go, Oh, that I see what they were trying to do there, but they didn't pull it off because you know, it was a little too complicated, a little too cute. Anytime you have offensive linemen splitting wide, that's a little too cute. I'm sorry, but uh, in any event it was working. Everything was working despite that on offense and of course on defense, Khalil Mack looking like the you know the biggest beast that you've ever seen in the NFL. That was Lawrence Taylor-esque, that performance he was putting on in the first half. And Aaron Rodgers gets his knee crumpled up on top of all of that. You're looking at the franchise player for your hated rival looking like that he had a significant knee injury. Anytime a guy goes down, tries to stand up, has to go back down that's usually, uh-oh, at least a few weeks, and sometimes that's the year. And then the second half starts, and just the man comes back on the field, and you're kind of – I don't know how everyone else is feeling. I, I you know, I can ask you, of course, Jason. But I was kind of chuckling when I saw Aaron Rodgers, oh, he's, he's back. He's going to try to play the way he limped off the field at uh, before halftime, that he's going to come back out there for the second half and try to play football I just thought it was going to be the biggest disaster you've ever seen. And by the time the end of the game came, it was completely the opposite of the biggest disaster I've ever seen. It's actually one of the greatest one game performances, greatest single game performances I've ever seen in any sport. I I just, I don't know what, I'm not even going to try to put Aaron Rodgers down. I'm not going to try to put the Chicago bears defense down for allowing it to happen. Uh, Rodgers took it. The Bears didn't give it to him. Aaron Rodgers back there on one good leg, n- clearly not able to put any torque on that left knee, still ripping perfect balls down the sideline, into the, into the end zone, over fingertips, over guys' fingertips for touchdowns. Just the, some of the plays that he made, some of the throws that he made on one leg, that was unbelievable. Uh, as a sports fan, that was breathtaking and incredible to watch. As a Bears fan, it made me want to fucking kill myself. But as a sports fan, it was unbelievable. And I, Just a tip of the hat to Aaron Rodgers. I, I can't really put it down or, or have anything bad to say about it.
0: If there was anything that could have taken away basically what was the most, one of the most dominating halves of football that I have ever seen a single player ever have, it was what Aaron Rodgers did the best player in football in the second half of that game. I mean, he showed right there that, that he is deserving of being the highest paid. He's deserving of people who say he is the best quarterback in football. Every, every possible positive thing that you can say about Aaron Rodgers was right out there in the second half of that game because I, I would defy anybody to name me another quarterback in the league that could have done that.
1: On one knee.
0: On one leg not being able to plant his 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 leg into any throws, basically doing that all with upper body strength and arm strength, which he's he's pretty well used to. I, I will say, Aaron Rodgers having to run for his life for his whole career. He he can kinda get the weird angles and the weird throws and he can get a lot without the push off. So if anybody was sort of, you know, prepared for having a half like that, but to be in to to basically have his knee I Pretty much I'm sitting on the couch with my wife watching the game. She's a huge Packers fan. And she's like, well, what do you think that is? I'm like, I think that's probably just – whatever it is, it's something that ends in CL.
1: (laughs) MCL, ACL, PCL. You you name it, it's going to end
0: in CL. And it's going to be bad. Um, You know. And after the game, you hear them in the interview, basically the doctors just said, well, it's, it's really bad. You can't make it worse by playing. Okay. So, get him. you know, the opposite of T.O. who had the, the 20 million reasons, uh, you know, not to kill himself. <laughs> this one, in this case, Aaron Rodgers had 150 million reasons to go back out on that field. I don't think there was anything other than the, the doctors telling him you cannot play after he just went through what he went through and, and the money. I I think that pushed him out there. And. That was a completely different team. It wasn't just his play because he played terrible up until the point when he got hurt. The Bears were all over him. That that really was every you know the Bears just taking a back seat, and 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 they were along for the ride in the second half too. The Packer defense came along with them, and the and the Bears were actively willing participants um, to to what he was doing. But you almost felt like there was there was nothing that they could do to stop him. And at the moment when they had the chance to put the game away, <laughs> they dropped the interception. And, and and you had to know it was over then.
1: Yeah, oh, gosh. Right to his hands, right? Into Kyle Fuller's hands. You cannot ask for a more easy interception. It's right there for him and just bounces off his numbers and onto the ground. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's about all that's about so, the only chance the Bears had right there uh, is going to be Rodgers taking over from that point. That was, that was a, another second chance. That was a third chance, basically, for, for, the, Bear, for the Packers to win that game. Yeah, and it's,
0: there for it's, of course, Randall Cobb again, and, you know, who gets them, oh. who's, who, who beat them to end their season uh, once already uh, in, in, in vaunted cover. And only the way the Bears can do cover zero fashion. But this time, he was covered. And if, if you watch the play, if you watch the throw, the throw was so precise. Rogers actually ended up throwing Cobb open because Rogers threw the ball to the opposite side of where the defender was, not sort of with, with Cobb's momentum. So Cobb kind of had to almost like stop and restart himself to grab that ball. And his momentum carried him into the rest of that route and right into the open part of the field. And, uh, there were the, the he had the convoy at that point. As Randall Cobb, not the fastest guy. He caught that ball where there were still people in that Bears secondary uh, behind him, you know, in deeper parts of the field. And the the blocking was there, and he just sort of weaved his way uh, through that traffic down at the end, almost got run down by Khalil Mack, who who had to run all the way the other way, mm-hmm. you know. And, and you could you could just see it. You could see it on the field. Right after that, the Khalil Mack is just laying there. He's out of breath. He he had left it all out on the field, and uh, sure sure had to feel a lot like Oakland at that point.
1: Oh, I, I you know he he did all again. He did all he could, and it just wasn't enough. Yeah, I guess you're right. It probably did feel like a Raiders game. The Raiders uh, maybe had never had a first half quite that dominant, so maybe it was feeling a lot different in the first half. <laughs> And then the second half, I'm just like, oh, this this is pretty familiar. It's just getting ripped by the other quarterback. Yeah. Uh, but, man, it, I don't know what else they could have done to to prevent that. It's, they they really did – the whole team really left it all on the field. And you could tell in the second half that they had nothing left because the comeback starts and they, they can't get to Rodgers. They're trying. You would think that Rodgers would be – letting the ball go as quick as possible the entire time in order to avoid getting killed again by all of the bears. But eventually you noticed, or at least I noticed he was taking his time back there because the bears were out of it. They had no, they had no juice left. Yeah. They weren't going to room because they didn't have any energy left because they left it all out there in the first half.
0: Yeah. He wasn't running for his life. He was just more kind of like dancing around on that one leg, just sort of sidestepping. What, <clears throat> excuse me, what little rush the bears could sort of generate on him. In the he second half, and at this point, yeah, and at that point, he was—they were—they were starting to gash. Uh, he was starting to gash them a little bit through the air. So naturally, they—they—they they, they had to soften up a little bit with the pass rush because he just started hitting guys, and he only had—I want to say—three incompletions after he came back. It, it was a pretty—it was a pretty magical night for. Uh, for Aaron Rodgers, you know, and there's still, and we're still waiting for a clear, at least that I've heard, we're still waiting for a clear sort of diagnosis consensus on what actually is wrong with him.
1: Um, He's day to day. That's about all they're yeah. telling us right now.
0: <laughs> now, as far as the bears go in the first half, that the defensive performance of Khalil Mack to me was the big story. I was hearing a lot of love. I know from, from, from Renard and uh, about the offense, the bear offense had one drive probably that first scripted drive you know that they ran through and and practiced through and they executed it almost to perfection after that outside of that one offensive touchdown that the Bears scored I believe it was a couple field goals after that because the other touchdown was a defensive touchdown and you know, one more trip into the end zone for the Bears, and this is a completely different game.
1: Sure. Sure. Uh, no, I understand uh, that point, but being a Bears fan, I'm just telling you any semblance of competent offensive play, we're going to get excited about. We're going to be here for this, as Renard kept tweeting. We are here for this. Uh,
0: you know, I, I actually had to text you at one point during the game, because <laughs> every, every one of his, his overly exuberant tweets ended with an I am here for this or or we are here for this. And and those abruptly stopped when the big comeback started. So is that was that, that. That, that a is that a tagline that I'm missing or I, I didn't I did not understand the whole I am here for this bit. Uh, so naturally the next day after the big comeback after it had all stopped, I have to send him a tweet that said, just remember you were there for that.
1: <laughs> you didn't want to be there for that.
0: <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I mean, it was just, it was, you know, every time the bears got a first down or or did, did anything a complete pass. I am here for this. <laughs>
1: Well, it was it was feeling like it was going to be one of those nights. It was feeling it, like it, it was going really,
0: to be yeah. It, it looked like there was a a changing of the guard going on, and I was starting to feel really mm-hmm. good about I, my my last place Packers pick in the Mike McCarthy death watch. I was I was all on board. You were there uh, for that. I was there for that, <laughs> and and it might have been might have been a little bit premature. Now, the thing that worries me, of course, long-term here for the Packers is if Aaron Rodgers is going to be doing this dancing around on one knee bit, uh, they're playing the Vikings on Sunday.
1: Yeah. You talked a little bit about that last show that this was, you called it basically a must-win game over Chicago because the second game is against Minnesota, who Green Bay is uh, by really any objective measure, they're not as good as the Vikings. So they're, they're more than likely to lose that game. They were even, with Aaron Rodgers, a hundred percent, and yeah. so if they didn't beat Chicago, that puts them in an O two hole, which of course we know, very very few teams come back from O two to have any kind of postseason success, right? Uh, so, and, and I, I tell you, you you credit the uh, the motivation for Aaron Rodgers coming back and doing that as uh, trying to justify all the money he made and trying to be the franchise player and all that stuff. And I'm thinking maybe there's also in addition to that some motivation of as you were saying, a sort of a must win game. Like we can't lose this one. We got Minnesota next week. We can't start. Yeah. We can't lose this game. We have to beat this team that we think we're better than. We've all we've been better than for a decade now or more, and we got to take this game. They played that second half like it was a must win. Like they had to win that game. It was a totally the different entire team. team. Yeah. Even
0: the, de- the the defense showed up which yeah. is the, the the kind of the bugaboo for the Packers is the defense. Now, obviously the running game is their other one, but when you're down 20 to nothing, you're, you're not rolling out much of the running game. Anyways, they were going to have to throw themselves back into the game to win. And, and they clearly did there. There were virtually no rushing attempts of, of any note. In in the second half of that game, other than maybe a, a little a little quick change here, you know, the, a little quick end off to Williams or something, but other than that, it was Aaron Rodgers in the shotgun, danced, you know, hopping on one leg, throwing darts, and as you said, as the pass rush sort of expended all of its energy, the, honestly too, you know, he, he Willis readed the whole place up. I mean, the, the offensive line started blocking. The defense started playing defensively. What team was that in the first half? Honestly, if Rodgers doesn't fold up on the leg, this is a Bears blowout.
1: (laughs) Because he does and comes back, then it becomes Superman wearing a green and yellow cape.
0: Oh, my God. So you know, yeah, no. It, it, not only would the the Packers have been potentially facing zero and two, what it was lining up for me, and this is where the big, you know, I said it was a must win game, and it must win game in week one, whatever. But why I called this a must win game for them was it wasn't just going to be zero two, it was going to be zero and two in the division and dropping your first two games at home. Right. So, so that is the perfect storm of on your way to last place or having to dig yourself out of a hole um, that you might not have ever gotten out of because the Vikings took care of their business. If they beat the Packers on Sunday and the Packers had lost to the Bears, now they're two games behind the division winner, basically three games behind the division leader because now they've lost to the first place. Yeah. I mean it was lining up for the Packers that it was going to be an uphill fight for them. Now, maybe they have a fighting chance on Sunday, but I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be tough because that that Viking that Viking team is tough on every level, and that offense of theirs will put up more points than the Bears did.
1: No, it's hard to doubt Aaron Rodgers in any situation after what I just saw Sunday no. night.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. So I, I knew you wanted to go there. Um, there were there were other results too that are, are definitely worth talking about, but that t- that was that's an all-timer right there right I mean that that's right up there on the Aaron Rodgers Hall of Fame induction reel isn't it
1: absolutely it's right up there with anything inspirational Brett Favre ever did and really any other quarterback uh, performance under any kind of duress Uh, so my wife uh, wakes up wakes up in the middle of the night a couple of nights ago and uh, I can hear her sort of panicking and going whoa and and I had no idea what was going on, and she was feeling extremely uh, dizzy. Was the problem, and she tried to lay there for an hour to let it subside, and never subsided. So finally, we made the decision to go to the ER, and I tell that to uh, garner some sympathy for myself because that's the kind of person I am. But I also tell that to say that it's the middle of the night; it was, it was four in the morning when we uh, did that. And I just grabbed the first uh, clean shirt that I could find, or cl- you know, close to clean, in order to drive her to to the ER. And the shirt that I wound up grabbing was a bear shirt. This loss was so devastating that I was getting looks and comments in the hospital from complete strangers wearing a bear shirt. Some guy walked past me and just shook his head in pity and said, "Man." <laughs> Y'all should have had that game, man. Man, just complete stranger. Today, man. going to pick up her prescription medicine at Walmart. The guy giving me the consultation about the medicine looks at the t-shirt. Man, how did you guys lose that game Sunday night? Oh my god, complete stranger. This is just this is Memphis, Tennessee. I'm living in. This isn't Chicago. I yeah. can't imagine what they're saying in Chicago right now. But it, it has to be some sort of like victims. Relapse like you've been assaulted many times before, and now you're living it all over again because this is Aaron Rodgers taking the, taking you to the woodshed again and doing what he does. And I know there's a lot of optimism with what you saw in the first half for any Chicago fan. And, and if you look at all the uh, the coaches, the Brent, the, the first time coaches that started Owen 6 in Week One, 0-7 if you count Gruden, who's not really a first time coach but sorta is. But, of course, of those seven coaches, the most optimism out of those losses you would have to give to Matt Nagy because of how great they looked in the first half. But even with that, that is such a gut-punch, devastating loss to take. And that's the first game he ever coached in the NFL, and that's the loss that he takes. That's just got to be – the fan base is is reeling. They got to be reeling. I'm going to really be interested to see how they come out in their second game and respond to that because they have – uh, not that much experience at winning, so this is the type of loss that could like set them back, and I hope that doesn't happen to them. But uh, it, it remains to be seen how they respond to it.
0: Excuse me. Yeah. No, I, I. Obviously, you're a Bears fan. You know, so so you're looking at this with a much more you know vested interest. So every every glimmer of offensive hope, or 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 of course it's oh it's a gut punch, but. You know, it's Aaron. They lost to the best. So I I think there are learning moments for them in the second half of that game. But if I'm in the film room with that team this week, I'm, I'm showing the first half highlights. I'm showing, here's what you guys did. Here's what you did. Right. Because I'm not going to make them relive the, the 20 point (laughs) comeback. I I just can't do it. So I want to talk to, you know, and Khalil Mack, for a guy who basically just walked in off the street,
1: yeah, he's not worth the money. Gotta, and, gotta and no, had,
0: he, had, he had no preseason. Was a one-man wrecking crew in the first half of that game. I mean, a pick six. It, he basically did the strip sack where Deshaun Kaiser just kind of handed him the football, but it's a strip sack on a drive That's, where the Packers were potentially about to score
1: with, that, with Kaiser up to that, that
0: point and had led a fairly impressive drive. As, you know that one of the one of the small side notes up until the the strip sack was that Kaiser competently led the Packers down the field on a on a pretty nice drive into the red zone before that happened and then and then it was just you know you, you just I'm sitting there and it's like my wife's just like sick to her stomach it's like what are we watching and Aaron Rodgers we're, you know, I'm figuring done for the season I figured he's gone. This is it. She had. She we're going to the game on Sunday, and then she now got I'm tickets done. for. Yeah, and then she got tickets for the Falcons game. So of course I'm an asshole. So I look over at my wife and I'm like, "Should have waited to get those tickets."
1: <laughs> no resale value on those.
0: We probably, yeah, we probably could have gotten ourselves a bargain. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers comes out at halftime, and I was like, "No way, no way." Right. He's gonna get hurt. Cool. He's gonna get hurt worse. What the hell is he doing? And then all of a sudden, they get touched. You know, you get a touchdown at one point And we're like, oh, I'm okay. And then another one. And now and, and then it's just like everything just started lining up. And then when the Bears couldn't convert that last possession, either into, you know, killing the clock completely or getting a touchdown to put it away, they get the field goal. And you're like, man, he's so locked in. And they're only down six. And they got this. And then they get the 75-yard touchdown to Cobb. And then... Bears, you thought had gotten let off the hook well, on the Clay Matthews roughing the passer, which was mm-hmm. he clearly, you know, he he's a step too slow now. So you felt like he was taking <laughs> out a whole game's worth of frustration right there.
1: Yeah, it was definitely and, some frustration.
0: And yeah, so he finally got a chance to hit the quarterback, and yeah, it was way late. So, he, but he did it. He he got his money's worth. He got the fifteen yard penalty on a fourth down that would have ended the game. So I'm like, okay, well maybe, maybe the bears are going to kind of, maybe they're going to get that one drive and they're going to get this all put together. It just, and it just couldn't happen for them. No, they, they, went, they tried, they and, tried and tried and tried, but, but everything, I mean everything after about the 10 minute mark in the third quarter, absolutely went the the Packers way. It's
1: a lot to feel good about and bad about for both teams as far as I'm concerned. It's uh, On the Packers side, you feel obviously great about being able to put together that kind of comeback win, but you have to feel bad that your franchise quarterback yep. sustains such damage in week one. Like yep. That's not something to just shake off. No. If he does play in week two, I do not imagine Aaron Rodgers will be anywhere near as mobile as he normally was. I imagine that left knee would be heavily wrapped up I imagine he probably sustained some ligament damage and they're just being tight-lipped and not saying exactly what it was. Uh, so he's going to try to gut through it as much as he can. But I, I honestly, and I'm not trying to predict doom and doom just because it's the Packers, even though I hate the Packers, but I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to play week two and maybe even week three, uh, but eventually he's going to have to sit out when, The way he went down, the way he buckled after he tried to stand up again, that thing is not anywhere near 100%. It looks like, as you already said, some sort of uh, ligament damage, OCL, MCL, whatever. uh, He's going to have to sit down and, and rest and just can't keep gutting and playing through the entire 16 games. I do not see any way he makes it through 16 games.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I I've watched the Packers, you know, a lot because then you know, I live in Wisconsin. I always have to watch their games. You know, my wife's a huge Packers fan. I watch the Packers. I I like them. I mean, it's not like I actively root against them. What we saw in the first half from the Packers is much closer to what I actually expected from them this year.
1: Right?
0: So I I still think that there's going to be a regression from that second half. They're not going to have the, you know, the rallying moment, the sight of their all pro best in the league player running out after halftime, after everybody had the, you know, the sourpuss face and he wasn't coming back and it uplifted the team. We're what we're going to see from them is going to be much closer to what we saw in the first half of the game. As far as the mean, you know, the the average play level of the Packers is much closer to what we got from them in the first half. The offensive line is going to let everything through. They can't run the football and their defense is mediocre at best. Mediocre.
1: <laughs> okay, Richard Sherman. So. Yeah, they're, they're not going to have all the fan quarterback and they're not going to have a gas defense in the second half as well to take advantage of.
0: Yeah, they're not going to be that inspired every week. It's week one. You cannot. Carry that through, you know, the whole season. We we, we haven't had the R E L A X Packers, you know. We have we haven't had anything like that yet. This was Aaron Rodgers throwing the entire team on his back to basically save their season in week one. Can't keep it up, guys. Sorry.
1: All right. So as, as, oh.
0: as great as it was, and as optimistic as everybody is, that this is the, 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 they can't sustain that
1: no team can I wouldn't I wouldn't think so so over a half hour on one game but it was yeah. well it, it that, has that a lot of interest
0: it. to the, both of us i i live here you're a huge bears fan so and it was it was it was clearly the most monumental thing right that that you know, happened
1: it was the national story what? of the weekend
0: yeah so we, we it deserved the airtime
1: So going off of that, before we get to any other action from one, I did want to point this out that I found a website. We uh, always talk about uh, wanting to measure ourselves against other people who pick every single game Hmm. against the spread. Uh We used to follow uh, the the Yahoo blog guy uh, because he picked every single game.
0: No, we started following him because he picked a game after it happened, so we got the (laughs) laser focus on him after that.
1: Well, we were following along before that, but once that happened, it's like, oh, wait a minute. That kind of smells. So um, I found a website, and he's even on it. Uh, The website is called NFLpickwatch.com, and there are many, quote-unquote, experts. There are many different guys uh, who work for major media markets. Who pick every single game against the spread and it's out there for the public to see how well they did or didn't do um, it's interesting that he's that Yahoo guy is actually the very first name up top here I don't know how they rank these or how they what order they put them in uh, but just uh, some of the names that are on here that are picking every game we've heard of a lot of these people uh, Jason Lacanfora is picking every game Pete Briscoe is picking every game Will Brinson uh, ben Volan of the Boston Globe, uh, the the uh, the website 538 run by Nate Silver. I think uh, Nate Silver's name isn't even up here. It's just 538. So I think that might be like a, an algorithm that they're spitting out uh, their picks through some sort of system that they're using. Uh, so that's really interesting to keep up with. Bob Glover of Newsday, a lot of uh, old heads, a lot of guys that we read when we were younger, maybe even kids. Uh, it, I'm not... As with, like, the polls, like the the basketball and football college polls or whatever, uh, there's really no way to tell who is actually making all of these picks. It could be their uh, uh, 19-year-old production assistant or something like that or an intern. So we don't know if it's actually those people. But those people's names are on these picks. So I would think they'd want to make all their own picks for themselves since their name is up here. Uh, So of all those many experts, and I don't know exactly how many, uh, but – there's like three pages of it and there's 25 words per page. So that's uh, if I, if I go to the third page. I guess I can get the exact number. Looks um, like 59, uh, 59 people that are uh, important enough for, uh, for the website to, to list as the, as their experts. Uh, most of them picked a single game against the spread. Some of them missed some games, but uh, looking up at the top, of all those people. Uh there's one, two, three, four, five people that put up uh, an eleven which is very impressive. Now I went ten, five, and one against the spray, and I'm very proud of that, of course. And you went seven, eight and one. But you were able to nail your lock and I of course did not. Uh yeah. you had the Jacksonville Jaguars mm-hmm. as a lock over the Giants, uh covering the three. Uh, and we don't have to talk about what my lock was. We we don't have to revisit that. I, Fuck you, Matt Ryan. <laughs> now, I
0: will I will also point out, given our recency here, over the even over the course of this of this podcast, you know, normally you'd think, oh wow, you were you were you had ten wins and I only had seven and I'm three games behind you. The tendency here at, at IMLD is for one or the other of us to just completely annihilate the other one in week one. I mean, we've had. Nine game leads, one or the other of us, after week one, or six, or seven. So just the fact that you're only three games, I'm like, geez, that, I, I feel that's like a win. I'll take that.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm not bragging about getting three games on you. That's uh, that can be easily easily erased yeah. just by next weekend. But just um, the
0: last few years, you know, I mean, one or the other yeah, of us has been up six, weird. seven, nine. One year I was. The, the one year that I ran the table on you, I think it was the first year of the podcast. Right. I, yeah, I was nine zero and one up straight. I mean, up against you in the first week of our ever doing this.
1: Oh, believe me, I, I, I won't forget that.
0: I, I believe last <laughs> year you had six up on me after one week. Sounds right. So three, eh, that's nothing, yeah. and I got yeah, the I... lock.
1: And you're already up one on un- locks on me. That's, that's and they've correct.
0: already got the lock lead, so I'll, I'll, I'll take that. You had to, I had to, that I actually felt all the pressure because I had to find <laughs> the one, you know. Uh, and there were so many that were just ripe for it. I called the one that I should have taken, which was Baltimore, but I went with Jacksonville because I, I really took that more of a, I am so sick of all this Giants love, and I'm not buying it. So, so yeah, I was all in on the Jaguars. It was a closer game than it should have been, but I was all in on the Jaguars.
1: It really, it wasn't as close as the score indicated. It was only that close because of an incredible run by Saquon Barkley. He appeared yes. to be the real deal.
0: Yeah. Jacksonville, Jacksonville had held them down. And yeah. I did, Eli Manning did not throw four picks, but he threw a pick six. So that's good enough <laughs> for me.
1: <laughs> he pulled a shop. Uh, so it's, uh, you can give the credit uh, to the people who won 11 if you want uh, for the experts. For me, I'm I'm a bad guy. It's much it's much more fun to to read off the people who did the worst. So of all the quote-unquote experts on NFLpickwatch.com, pick, let's have a nice hearty laugh at Case Kiefer of the Las Vegas Sun, Nui Scruggs of the Dallas Morning News, and Craig Miller also of the Dallas Morning News. Who all went four and eleven against the spread this week? So congratulations to those guys. Wow, for, uh...
0: that's not good. Uh oh. Okay, I heard the applause but I don't hear you. So if you're still talking, you you may want to try to get yourself back on here as fast as possible. No. 4 and 11. Well, again, we can't really make fun of people for going 4 and 11. We we do it all the time. Uh there there are weeks where we're not we're both experts. of us. Oh, okay, there you are. You came back. What happened?
1: I've been dropping all show and coming back. I've I've actually done a good job of masking it, but I guess you you noticed oh. that time.
0: That that yeah, well that time I heard absolutely nothing. Then I heard applause. Then I heard more <laughs> absolutely nothing.
1: Oh, I didn't know the applause came through. Yeah. The applause yeah. worked, yeah. Oh, okay. So, no, so I've, been, uh, silence. I've been
0: dead silent.
1: Disconnect- We're having connection issues again with Blog Talk Radio. I've been getting disconnected all show, So unfortunately. Oh, okay.
0: So are you having to leave and come back?
1: Yeah, I'm going, I'm bouncing back between being a host and, and calling calling in as a caller because being a host, it sometimes it just cuts me off. It just did it again. Oh.
0: All right. Well, welcome yeah. back. Thank you. Where do you want to go next? Uh we we talked about one game.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's so many different uh places uh, to go. I I it, it's up to you. What do you uh where where do you want to go?
0: I, I there's one place I really want to go here. I don't know if it's uh, okay. the obvious one. But I want to go to New Orleans.
1: <laughs> that's fine by me. Was that? What uh, that was, was that?
0: What? That was that was my train. You, you you took you took Tampa. I don't think you had them winning the game. I mean, we could we go back. I, I, if I have to go back and check the tape, but if you took. I, I know you had Tampa as the huge dog, but you know this. You know <laughs> the Saints are going to the Super Bowl if they're giving up 48 to the the journeyman turnover. Bernie Sanders and the Tampa Bay Bucks offense. I, I, what are they going to do when they play a, a real team? I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And, of course, the offense, they they got their way back. I mean, but they put up 40. The Saints put up 40 and lost to Tampa Bay. There's something wrong when I see a result like that. So I don't want to overreact, but we we did this last year with the Patriots uh, giving it all up, you know, with that horrible offensive performance they had against the Chiefs in week one. And if the Saints defense is going to put up more performances like that, they ain't going to no Super Bowl. Dre, are you back? Uh-oh. He left me hanging again. So, yeah, so what I'm watching, the, of course I'm watching the NFL Red Zone, and I have to keep hearing uh, whoever the the guy is who, who's doing their broadcast, all of a sudden starts talking about the Fitz magic. And, and it has to be perhaps the absolute worst nickname that that I've ever heard. It it, it, it made me want Ryan Fitzpatrick not to keep that job once Jameis Winston comes back because if he has another game like that or another two for however long Winston is gone, how do you bench him? That's going to be really hard if Tampa Bay's offense starts looking like that. I mean, they clearly have the weapons. They have the guys. I mean, they, they, they were loading up that offense, except they the running back situation is not so good. But they have the receivers. They have the tight end. They have all the pieces in place to move the football vertically down the field. And Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to take you know the keys to the car and do that to the Saints. I don't know if Jameis Winston would have done that. So that's very, very telling sign. If there's, uh, especially if we get the vote of confidence here in the next week or so, uh, especially if uh, Tampa does that again, because and you know, anytime you get the, the vote of confidence, that's basically the kiss of death. That's going to be the end of Jameis Winston <laughs> um, playing meaningful snaps, at least for the early part of the season. I, I, I got the sense that they may want to if this keeps up, and there's no saying that it will, but if this keeps up for Tampa. And let's take a look here and see what they have uh, on the docket for them this week. They're playing the Eagles. So this could all end very quickly for for Tampa. But if they can light it up against Philadelphia or look, you know, semi-competent against Philadelphia, it's, at, it's in Tampa, who knows? You know, maybe we do get the uh, Jameis Winston vote of confidence and then he's very unceremoniously not the starter until – Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, falters.
1: Actually, looking at those, how open those Tampa targets were—they uh, were so open all day. If you were playing quarterback in that game for the Buccaneers, it would have been Jace Magic. It would have hey, been hey, and that nickname would have been just as terrible. But it, it would have cool. been it was anybody. So bad. Anybody would make magic against the Saints' defense because Sean Payton does not prepare his team. For week one, for whatever reason,
0: but that's supposed to be like their big new their new hallmark, you know. And I was watching. I mean, Lattimore was getting just destroyed out there. All these guys that you were just like, oh, these are going to be this up and coming Saints defense that almost got them to a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, they would have been in the championship game had it not been for oh wait, uh, defensive slaps in the secondary. But you know, it was just, never mind that.
1: And you also just gave my my advice to the sharps. The, if you want to go from being a regular gambler to being a sharp, uh, you need to follow some simple advice. And here's one: don't put any value into Tampa Bay Buccaneers because you know better.
0: Don't do it. Right. They're hosting the Eagles this week. This the, the Fitz Magic.
1: No. <laughs> you already know he's that about that to
0: become cool. he's about to become whichever one of Siegfried and Roy got eaten by the lion he's about that's about <laughs> the fifth magic that's what he's gonna get
1: that's a different kind of magic show I don't think we want to oh.
0: watch that show okay
1: that's a, that's a bad show uh yeah you that was uh that that was quite the thing uh in New Orleans now my I brag about my little trend because I have to, because I have to feel good about something, but it's a, it's a mixed bag. It was uh, just like last year. They didn't all come through because I did call the, the biggest spread upset of the week was the Buccaneers over the saints. And I definitely had that, but I also saw said that the Washington Redskins and Jay Gruden don't prepare. Well, they, they were over four the last four years. Uh-huh. They certainly butt the trend in, in beating the hell out of the Arizona Cardinals. So it, it didn't, it doesn't work all the time, folks, just like most trends. Yeah.
0: And remember, I had the Washington Redskins in the playoffs this year. Didn't take my own advice, but just because you're going to win in week one or lose in a week, we talked about this. But right. I said Arizona. This is when you got to sort of be on them is early when they're healthy, and what and and look at that Washington's offense on the road was looked very well let's see what does alex smith do he's precise he's on time he's efficient takes and What care was of that offense What was that offense all game on time precise and efficient
1: <laughs> Hmm
0: sort of everything kurt cousins wasn't I think kurt but you saw kurt cousins in minnesota with with all those toys, with with the with the with Dalvin Cook and Stefan Diggs and Rudolph, I mean, all the toys he used them. They, they still let that game be a little closer than it should have been. But but
1: even so, he he definitely yeah. looked like he was having a good time out there.
0: Oh yeah, he was enjoying the freedom of that offense. And I think you have a lot more freedom when you have one of the best defenses in the league, backing you up, you can take more chances because if you make a mistake, your defense more often than not will bail you out. But that Washington was just, yeah, it was, it was, they looked like that offense ran just like what we've expected from Alex Smith for, for all the years that we've seen him, a, an average quarterback who doesn't get a whole lot of respect, I definitely would say he's better than he's better than the league average. Um, he's not great. You know, he's not, he's not at that upper tier, but he, you know, he's he's a solid B, B minus quarterback. He's good enough. And all the things that he did well, they used properly. And yeah, they, they sort of
1: chumped the Cardinals. And got the, healthy uh, Adrian Peterson performers. Yeah. They got the uh, the old man as healthy as, as he is at the start of the season, and he looked like he was 23 out there. Now, that's not going to last either. Another sharp uh, uh, advantage or, or piece of advice there. I don't believe in the Washington Redskins long-term myself. Jason obviously does, but you're not sure. going to get that Adrian Peterson uh, too many more times uh, in his career, folks.
0: Yeah. Hey, hey good. Hey, they got the Colts coming to town, so we could very easily well. see and the Redskins, uh,
1: 2-0. That, that that may be. Uh, let's see. What, uh, was the Pittsburgh offensive line uh, that was molesting James Connor after his first touchdown because they were so happy? <laughs> you think they were that happy when he fumbled when they were up 21-7? Because I think you, you show yourself to be so happy for a guy because he's not Le'Veon Bell, and then that guy turns around and shows you He's not Le'Veon Bell, so I think you might want to temper your excitement a little bit, boys. If
0: we, if there is a, a pick that I think you and I pretty much were, I, I had this one. I had a lot of confidence in this pick. I didn't have a lot of confidence when it was 21 to 7, right. but I did have a lot of confidence in this pick before the game because you just know of all things in in all of your, in your heart of hearts, you just know that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to find a way to reduce themselves to the team that they are playing. Now, having seen some good portions of this game, because it was a fairly compelling game, Pittsburgh did benefit a couple of times from some of these sort of cheap fouls that that are getting called now the new way. And they did have some drives that were extended um, that allowed them to get that lead. Their first touchdown came, uh, by the benefit of that, where, again, it was a third down or a fourth down. It, it seemed like every time those calls were – all those flags were getting thrown, it was always like third or fourth down, especially the fourth down ones which just got to be driving the people mad with the laying on the quarterback thing. But, yeah, yeah whatever. Oh. I oh. But the the Browns, especially – I mean, that, that touchdown catch that Josh Gordon made, I mean, at, at – right before the end of regulation that that mean, over basically over one guy tap toe in the line just into the end zone with another guy about to jack him up held rock solid on no process of the catch stuff here i mean <laughs> he completely made the highlight real play on on that catch uh, on that pass from Tyrod Taylor and then everything goes wrong in in the overtime i mean every, the, the browns they had the chance at the end of regulation. They had the chance in overtime. They get the it's the driving rainstorm. So the weather did end up factoring into that game more late than it did early. And it was just pouring rain by the time that guy was out there. And all the fans are thinking, "We, we all is we a forty-two yard field goal. We're going to win this," and it gets blocked. Mm. And it was a tie, And I'm just, I, honestly with the ten minute overtime now, where both teams have to possess the football. I'm stunned that we haven't had more ties. That, that overtime was over in a flash.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I always ahead. wondered how that rule was going to work out because I thought it might work out where more teams just keep the ball longer because they, they know settling for the field doesn't really win the game. So just, just hold on to the ball and keep driving and keep driving, trying to get the touchdown to put it away completely and, and don't have to worry about it.
0: Yeah, And let's not also forget, though, that this is still the Cleveland Browns. This team got six turnovers from the Pittsburgh Steelers and had to settle for a tie.
1: Plus five on the game yeah. and, and didn't win. How do you not win a fucking game when you're plus five? That is just that, – that's brown fever stuff right there. That's, yeah. that's why they're the brown fever.
0: But if you're taking the result of this game – Clearly, if we're picking a winner and a loser out of a tie, the Steelers lost, right? And the, and the Browns won.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what uh, the running joke was, is that they, they ended the losing streak, the Browns did. They had a yeah, very long didn't lose. losing streak. They, didn't they lose. did not lose. So. They did
0: not lose, but the Steelers, you have to win that game. It's a division game on, on the road. It's a great, great spot to, to, to get up. You're 1-0, and No. And everybody else who wasn't Pittsburgh or Cleveland in that division, the other two teams won. Yeah None, And in week one. So
1: Yeah, you gotta win any game. You're up twenty one seven. Yeah, let put them and, away.
0: And also between Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cincinnati, all three of those teams were playing bottom five of the league teams, right? They were all playing just absolutely garbage teams but with between the Colts, the Bills, and the Browns. They're they're playing terrible teams. All three of those teams should have been one and zero. That didn't happen.
1: Did because happen. The
0: Steelers are gonna just do what they do, and this is what they do.
1: And if we're gonna
0: and if we're gonna give an obituary in, in after in our week one recap, the Bills are done, right? I mean I, they think ever... the next
1: time,
0: I think the next time we're talking about the Buffalo Bills is our Halloween show.
1: <laughs> that, that probably is correct, yes
0: now, on the plus side on, on the plus side, Nathan Peterman only threw two picks
1: <laughs> instead of five
0: hey, and, and, and,
1: progress yeah,
0: yes, and again once again, if you're, how much can you read into that if you're Baltimore you know, you're, if you're like, if you're the if you're the betting guy how much can you take away from that win, because everybody I think is going to get Anybody who's got Buffalo on their schedule is gonna to get to enjoy the benefits of that.
1: And by the way, you, you figured to be uh that's so raven that they would uh find a way to not
0: They didn't even raven that up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> even <laughs> the, the Ravens the couldn't Buffalo. screw that up. So is this the, the, the new the new that's so raven, the Joe Flacco goes and balls out and has three touchdowns and, and looks like a completely different quarterback now? Is that the new that's so raven?
0: Well, that's so. What well, you know? What would be so Ravens if they lose tomorrow night? That would be so Ravens. Now, see, they come out and they beat a team forty-seven to three. So everybody's going to be, oh man! It, everyone's going to be all over Baltimore, right? That would be what is so Ravens.
1: It very well might happen.
0: Oh, you got us the music now.
1: It, that's years that would, too late years too late well you know i, I think, can't get every drop i mean
0: i do believe is, is that so ravens back from <laughs> that's back from the uh blog days
1: probably before that yeah it's probably before we were doing the blog it's probably from last decade or so but yeah. i finally finally did the work and got the theme song yes.
0: and i will take credit for that one that one was
1: me that is absolutely all you Uh, the pick of tomorrow is up for debate because the spread is very small. A lot of people think that might be so Raven to go to Cincinnati and lose that game. But yes, Thursday night football tomorrow night, our pick for the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cincinnati Bengals at Cincinnati, both teams missing a very key defensive player due to suspension, Baltimore missing their cornerback, Jimmy Smith, and Cincinnati missing their linebacker, Vontez Perfect. The spread is basically a pick'em. Baltimore is actually a one dog at Cincinnati. Jason, who you got?
0: Yeah, I I actually look at this as a little bit of a revenge game here for Baltimore, and that's why I'm taking the Ravens. This same Bengal unit is the one that knocked them out of the playoffs last year. In a game, once again, the Ravens totally should have won. That was just so Ravens of them to lose and get knocked out of the playoffs by Andy Dalton and the left-for-dead Cincinnati Bengals, who then backdoor the Buffalo Bills, the worst playoff team of our lives, into the playoffs. I am going to take the Ravens to exact a little measure of revenge and uh, cover this one. But all they got to do is win. It's a one-point spread.
1: Yes, you can only get a push or a win. You
0: you can't lose that. So I'll take the win with Baltimore.
1: It's definitely too early in the season to go by strictly. The home team is much fresher. Uh, It's only week two, so that really doesn't apply. So I definitely looked at this a lot more straight up than I normally would. And I still came to the conclusion that thinking of Baltimore and Joe Flacco uh, doing anything like that again uh, what they did on on Sunday to Buffalo to come out and have a repeat performance that would be so great for them to come out and lay an egg and for Flacco to go for about 220 with three interceptions to a, a, a good Cincinnati defense. It's going to provide a lot more pressure up front than the, the Bills did. It's, it's going to be a whole different ball game when the Ravens go to the Bengals. The Bengals uh, are, are obviously always susceptible to uh, – doing something stupid and losing the game that way, but instead of doing that, I'll take them to do the right thing and play smart and actually pull out a victory over the Ravens. More on our after show when we come back. Now into our VIP after show program. Basically, Cincinnati can't lose every game by being dumb. They can't go 0-16 by being stupid and committing penalties. They got one Sunday. They they can get two easily tomorrow night and from there, from there they can start being really stupid and, and losing games like that.
0: Well, see, but they got the stupid penalty, but they won the game. So yeah, they, they still they, won
1: despite this. They, the, they got away the with one.
0: Yeah, but they were playing the Colts. So they got right. away with one. Um, yes, if you could... It's too it, 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 if we could have gone to Vegas and bet what team oh. was going to have the first player rejected for the sort of new, like targeting type rule, man, do you think Cincinnati might've been like one to two favorites in the league to have, you know, to get cheap shotted. The first guy who's going to get thrown out for being a cheap shot artist. And it wasn't even Vontez perfect.
1: It couldn't have been. He was suspended. But he didn't have a chance.
0: <laughs> that was dirty as hell. I am not oh. complaining about the I'm not complaining about the call. I'm not complaining about the ejection. That hit on Andrew Luck was dirty as all hell.
1: Sean Williams deserved came to take his head off. Yeah, no that doubt. Guy about that guy deserved
0: to get kicked out of the game. And I give all credit to Andrew Luck for getting up.
1: Yeah, that was well, that that was luck, honestly. <laughs> if, yeah. if I want to to Have a play on words That was luck For luck to be able To yeah. get up from that Cause, Cause
0: hey, Three hey! quarters Three quarters of the league Would have been Dumplings after that
1: Dumplings If you get hit The right way Coming from that Type of speed You are out There's nothing You can really do To, to, yeah. to protect no, yourself No that
0: was That was KTFO territory Right there
1: He was trying Sean Williams yeah. was trying To knock him the fuck out Absolutely So,
0: so And Cleveland still won the game I mean, I'm sorry Cincinnati still won the game
1: Still well, you know, as you said, it's the Colts. And, hey, Andrew Luck looked pretty good coming back. He, he looked like – He's every He's all right. Everything sort of returned to normal. The, the Colts, because that game, the Colts don't even compete. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumba Casino. Com and live the Chumba life.
0: No purchase necessary. DDW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.